for this word. One of the top contenders for titles was um, a tear-stained prayer journal. I have a, I have a prayer journal at home, and uh, one of them has got uh, pages. If you open it, you'll see water stains in it because uh, real tears were cried onto those pages. It wasn't intentional. I wasn't trying to be dramatic, but it did happen. And uh, I felt like the Lord wanted me to share a word on finding strength in the Lord in the secret place. And uh, there is an aspect to church which is very corporate, and one of the things we love to say in Josh Jen is, is doing life together. And there is that wonderful sense of that we're family, we do life together, we do the spiritual journey together. But in another sense, there is an aspect to our faith where we, we wrestle in the secret place with the Lord alone. And uh, you have to learn to do both, to do life together but also to do life wrestling with the Lord and in prayer, finding strength in Him, actually by myself. With my door is closed and it's just Jesus and myself. Um, and I want to go to a man in Scripture who was very good at doing that. And his name was David. So I want to maybe just put up a Scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 30. You can put it up. But I'm just going to explain. I'm not going to read the whole story. I'll just read this passage. So the backstory to this is David was, at this stage, he was not the king of Israel. He was a, a warlord. He had an army, a small rebel army, and he would go on like uh, raids, military raids. And um, he, he was staying in a place called Ziklag, and that was his hometown, and while he was away on a raid somewhere, another army came and raided his hometown of Ziklag and destroyed it while he was away. And this is where we pick the story up. When David and his men came to Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives had been captured, um, Ahinoam and Abigail. Uh, just go on to the next verse. And David was greatly distressed. Listen to this. As if things couldn't get any worse. The men, his men, his army, were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. And listen to this last part. But David found strength in the Lord his God. And so at that point you're thinking, how did he do that? I need to learn how to do that, right? Uh, what, 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 what a wonderful gift it would be to look into his prayer journal and find out how he prayed and what did his prayer life look like. Well, the good news is there's an entire book of the Bible documenting his prayer journal which I've called the Psalms. And so we're going to look at that this morning. But before we look at that, I just want to pick up on this story because sometimes when we read Scripture, you get these giants in the faith and it's hard to identify 
with these men and women and the things that they went through because they're like Bible heroes. And I'm not a Bible hero. I'm just me, you know. I don't have the kind of faith that they had. I don't have the kind of life that they had. But I want to say that as I've walked with the Lord, I have learned that actually their stories are my stories. And I have many stories in my own life which look very similar to their stories. And so here's, here's a few things that we could draw from this story. For example, you know, his, his hometown was burned to the ground. I've never personally experienced that, but I've lost my job. I've been unemployed. I've had, uh, I've had a situation where I've been dismissed unfairly at work. And obviously, if you lose your job, that's your whole income. That's your livelihood. You know? and I've, I've actually been fired for doing the right thing before at work. Um, I've never had my wife and children captive, t- taken captive and, and taken away from me. But I've had close friends die. Um, I've had close, my, my mother passed away, she, she, she died. I've, had, I've experienced close friends committing suicide. I've been through stuff, and you will too. Um, are, you, are you seeing how I'm joining the dots? Like your story might not look exactly like this, but you'll go, you'll go through stuff like this. I've never had, you know, like being in an army and, and my fellow soldiers turned on me and wanted to kill me. But I've had friends who I trusted betray me, disappoint me, frustrate me, let me down. And it hurts just as much. And so you will go through what he went through. Maybe, hopefully not all on the same day. But sometimes, can I say, sometimes it all happens on the same day. You'll have days from hell, just like David did. I have. And he found his strength in his God. He wasn't able to uh, speak to his community about it or talk to his leaders in the church about it. In this instance, he wasn't able to do that. He was alone. And there will be times when you'll have to come before the Lord on your own, find strength in him. And so how did he do that? Well, I want to just pick up on um, Psalm chapter 22. I mean, you could pick out any number of Psalms, but this one for me is a really beautiful insight into how David found strength in the Lord. And I want to just warn you, it's very honest, (laughs) this uh, prayer journal of David. Um, I don't usually read a whole passage, but I'm going to read quite a large portion of this because I want you to catch the tone of it. It's not just the words, it's the tone. Because I imitate David in my prayer life. When I come before the Lord, I pray like this. And I encourage you to do the same. Go to verse 1. Have you got verse 1? Right to the beginning. No, that's 1 Samuel. Let me read it while you're finding it. Psalm chapter 22. If you've got it, if you've got your Bible here, if you've got your Bible app here, just turn to Psalm chapter 22. It begins like this. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? 
from the words of my groaning. Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I find no rest. Yet, you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you our fathers trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I, I am a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. Yet you are he who took me from the womb. You made me trust in you at my mother's breasts. On you was I cast from my birth. And from my mother's womb you have been my God. Be not far from me. For trouble is near. And there is no one to help me. Many bulls encompass me. Strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me. They're like a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It's melting within my chest. My strength is dried up like a pot's herd. And my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. I'm going to skip down to verse 19. But you, O Lord, do not be far off. O you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation. I will praise you. You are you who fear the Lord. Praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him and stand in awe of him. All you offspring of Israel, for he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. And he has not hidden his face from him, but has heard when he cried to him. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will perform before those who fear him. The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. There's a lot going on in David's heart in that moment. And the same goes for us. And there's a beautiful title for this psalm. Well, it's just an unofficial title. In my Bible it says, From Suffering to Praise. But do you get the heart and the tone of how he wrestles with the Lord? This is what a day in the life of David looks like when he comes before the Lord. I want to just pick out a few things from that, which I believe we can learn from him and find strength in the Lord. Maybe you can pick up immediately, the first thing that jumps out about his prayer life is that it's honest. True? It's really honest. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because that's how he feels. He knows that God hasn't forsaken him. But it feels that way. And so he's honest. God, it feels like, you've, it feels like I'm alone here. And interesting, Jesus picks up on that prayer on the cross. Jesus makes those words his words. 
So even Jesus prayed like this. It's honest. And so the way I'm feeling doesn't necessarily about facts. It's about it's how I feel. And it's important how you feel. Our emotions are something that God gives to us. We can't suppress our emotions. We can't tell ourselves, well, that's, you know, that's just not true, so pull yourself towards yourself. You have to actually express how you feel. God's given us emotions, and if we don't um, steward our emotions in a healthy way, it'll be destructive. You have to learn how to process your emotions well. And God cares about how you're feeling. The Bible says that God weeps with those who weep. You even see a picture of this when Jesus was walking the earth, when Nazareth died and his friends were, were weeping. Jesus started weeping with them. Even though he was just about to raise them, him from the dead a few minutes later, he weeps with those who weep. And he cares about how you feel. The Bible says he catches your tears in his hands. It's an intimate picture. He cares. We have an empathetic high priest. He's a priest who has lived this life. He's come to earth. He's been through what we've been through. Most of the hard, painful things you go through, Jesus will be able to say, I went through something like that. I know how you feel. He's an empathetic high priest. And so I want to encourage you, when you're going through stuff, go to Jesus first. Tell him how you feel. Pour your heart out before him. Don't hold anything back. Pour your heart out before the Lord. He's the best person to speak to about what you're going through. Number one, because he cares more than anyone else. And he can help more than anyone else. He can put your heart back together again. He can put your life back together again. Before, I want to say even before you process your emotions with your friends, process them with Jesus. And so we, we come before the Lord, and I come before the Lord. There'll be, there's a fine line. I mean, obviously, he, he, David is never blasphemous. He's never irreverent, but he's honest. So there is that fine line. But I feel like most of us tend to the line of, like, these are not the kinds of things you say to God. These are the kinds of things you say to, my, to your friends. It's like, no, no, you say it to God first. He wants to hear how you feel. You, you can be brutally honest and messy when you pray. The second thing I'll pick out on what David was really good at was remembering. There's a fascinating quality about humans, and I include myself here, is we forget very quickly. You can be up here on a Sunday sharing a testimony of God's mighty deliverance in your life, and on Monday, it's like, that's long, long history. That feels like a lifetime ago. It's like, if you just knew how my day was today, it's like, okay. But we need to keep remembering. Throughout Scripture, you see them reminding themselves. And David is very good at reminding himself of who God is and what God has done. And even in this prayer, he says, he's going through hell. And he says, yet. <laughs> but, yet means but. But, you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. In you, our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. They cried out to you and you saved them. Sometimes what I do is I just read over my prayer journal for the year. And I'll just remember all the things that the Lord does, has done for me. Sometimes it'll be last week and I'll be like, yeah, that's true. I actually forgot about that. It was last week. 
And I just begin to remind myself of what God's done for me. He's so good to me. I've never been more surprised about God than how good he is to me. I don't understand how it is that he's so good to me. He's ridiculously good to me. I, it's, I, I can't comprehend it. But I forget that so quickly. We forget that so quickly. Sometimes David would sing songs. Sometimes we need to sing songs. If it's a good song, if it's a good worship song, they're becoming harder and harder to find. But there are still some good worship songs. And what I mean by that is it's not just a song about me and how much I feel about this and how much I feel about that, but it's a song about God, how good He is and what He is like. Good worship songs have lyrics that are rich in theology about who God is and what He's done. And as you begin to sing that over God, your heart begins to remember who he is and how good he is. Sometimes as I'm reading scripture, scripture is the purpose of scripture is to remind us of what God has done and who he is. And my soul begins to revive. The third thing I want to pick out from this is that is prayer. Prayer, prayer before the Lord. And sometimes... Prayer is simply acknowledging my need for Jesus. I love the tenderness in David's prayers here. It's like, Lord, be near to me. And you, God. I'm alone. And prayer is us coming before the Lord and acknowledging our weakness, our failings, how, and to be specific about it. Lord, I'm struggling to forgive. There's this person, Lord, that did something that really hurt me. I'm struggling to help me, Jesus. Please, Lord, I want to forgive. Help me. Lord, there's this thing in my life. I can't get rid of it. I keep doing it. I'm so discouraged. Lord, help me, Lord. I'm a sinner, God. I know that I'm a sinner. Please help me, Jesus. The Bible says he gives grace to the humble. And it's in prayer that we acknowledge our need for his grace, for his mercy. But you, Lord, do not be near from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. That's what he prays. Come quickly, Lord. Help me, Jesus. I need you. Be persistent in your prayer. The Bible says that the prayers of the persistent widow, keep knocking, keep asking. As I come before him daily, every day, come before him, Lord, help me. (laughs) I need you, Jesus. He loves those prayers, and he responds to those prayers. Don't, the fourth thing is, don't wait before you worship. David didn't even wait one paragraph before he started worshiping. He went from, God, you've disowned me, you're ignoring me, you've abandoned me, paragraph number one. Paragraph number two, he's already worshiping. Because... Worship is often where there's an exchange that happens. As we worship him, our burdens are lifted and his grace is imparted. And our fear and our anxieties and our pain are exchanged for peace and joy and righteousness. But it's as we worship. We worship through whatever we are going through. And, and, and his praise in this psalm is excessive. Uh, he, he's literally telling the people in the church about how they should worship. And he's going through major stuff. <laughs> you who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. I don't know what's happening with this microphone. It kind of comes and goes. Do you know what's happening with it? 
gitu nah. So I want to ask you, how is your personal worship life? We can't just worship God on Sundays. We need more strength than that. We need much more strength than that. We need to worship him in the secret place when we're alone with him. Number five, and it's my last point, is uh, don't follow your feelings. Follow Jesus. It's interesting that... um, in the end of the story, David, whose family has just been taken captive, his city has just been destroyed, he calls for the priest and he inquires of the Lord. Maybe you can put it up, 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 8. And David inquired of the Lord, Should I, shall I pursue them? Will I overtake them? And God responds, yes, pursue them. Here's the question. He's with an army. His city has just been destroyed, and his wife and kids have just been taken captive. So you think, surely you don't need to pray at this point. Right? Sure. I mean, it's obvious. Just go, and, just go and do business, you know? Let your sword do the talking. Let's just go and destroy. Let's get back what's ours. Surely, that's an instinctive response. Revenge. Revenge is mine. I will get what's, what's, what's mine. But he doesn't. He seeks the Lord. And David is famous for being a man after God's own heart who seeks the Lord. He doesn't just react according to how he's feeling in that moment. And, and uh, we are taught of the Lord to be a people who don't react according to our emotions, but respond according to the spirit and the nature of Christ. Our feelings are incredibly important because they tell us that something is wrong. Your feelings are like the nervous system in your body. When you're feeling pain, you can't ignore it. Something is wrong, right? But your feelings don't tell you what you should do. They just tell you something's wrong. In order to know what you need to do, you need to seek the Lord. And if you respond and react according to how you feel, you'll destroy your life. In uh, Proverbs, there's three things that it says in the same proverb. Chapter, 15, uh, verse, uh, chapter 12, verse 15, 16, and 18, it says three things. Verse 15, the way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. First of all, from God, obviously, counsel, seeking the Lord. Number two, a fool shows his annoyance at once, but a prudent man overlooks an insult. And the last thing that he says is reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. All three of these things have one thing in common, and that's reacting according to how you feel versus acting in accordance with the nature and the spirit of Christ. Fools, I'm using the Bible word now, fools, react from a place of emotion. But wise people are led by the Spirit. And one of the things that is a fruit of finding God's strength in the secret place 
is that you're able to process your emotions. So to give you a picture of a normal day for me, and you're probably going to judge me for this, but you'll know anyway one day. Some days I wake up and I am very, very unsaved. The way I feel, the way that my heart feels, it's, it's not good. It's not positive. Uh, it's, it's, not, it's not, if almost anything I say is going to be unhelpful at that point. Just because stuff happens, you know, stuff goes up and you wake up in the morning, you start reflecting on things that have happened to you and things that people have said and you just feel horrible. And then I'll go before the Lord. I'll usually go for a drive in my car. That's what I do. You can shout in your car and no one hears you. True. It's very soundproof. You can cry and no one sees you. That's not an issue if you're a woman. You can cry wherever. No one judges you for it. But for... <laughs> and I'll wrestle with the Lord. I'll pour my heart out to the Lord. I'll begin to worship. I'll begin to pray. I'll begin to write stuff down. I'll begin to read scripture. I'll begin to sing songs. And I'll find the peace of Jesus and the joy of Jesus. And I'll come back home. And people think, oh, Luke's such a holy guy. It's like, well, now I am. Well, I I wasn't before. <laughs> and then you can deal with situations, not from a place of frustration, not from a place of anger, not from a place of bitterness, but from a, with a constructive God perspective on things. I want to say never rebuke or correct somebody else until you've found peace in Jesus. Never make a big life decision when you're in a bad place in your heart. You will, you will alter the whole course of your life. Never make a big decision out of frustration or anger or impatience. Never speak, because you can spiritualize what you do, right? Righteous anger and all of that. Anger is very, very seldom righteous, but it, it is sometimes. But frustration is very, very seldom a Holy Spirit frustration. And so the Bible would encourage us to, as we wrestle with the Lord, he brings us peace and joy and we're able to make life decisions. We're able to speak into people's lives from a place of peace, from a place of having found the Lord. So I'm closing with a question. How are you doing? How are you doing at finding strength in the secret place. Are you quick to go to God first? With what you're going through. I want to encourage you man. God. He cares more about you than any caring friend could. He really does. The cl- Bible says he's close to the broken hearted. And he will be able to help you more than any friend could Before you post stuff on social media, before you send a voice note to your friend, speak to Jesus and find strength in him. Do you, I want to ask you, do you you process your emotions in a constructive way or a way that actually leads you back into old destructive habits? Some of us go back into sin because we don't process our emotions well, and the Bible says, go to Jesus. 
process your emotions with him. I feel like this is a word of encouragement and building, but it's also a word of warning. I feel like some of us have taken spiritual ground this year, very significant spiritual ground. You've literally beaten back the demonic in your life. But if you don't get this right, you'll lose ground again. And you'll get bound again. You'll get bound into patterns of sin. You'll get bound into old destructive cycles. And that is not God's intention for your life. This is how you win. Yes, it's important to do life together. But first you do Jesus together. (laughs) Amen? You do it with him first. He is the Savior. No man can save you. We can help. But all we're going to do is point you to Jesus. True? If somebody does more than point you to Jesus, they've become a Savior, a false Savior. I can't give you anything more than Jesus. I can help you to guide you. But I can't be Jesus. And I'm not just speaking for me. No one can be Jesus for you. There's only one Savior. There's only one Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen?